Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The game. Shamari Block and Dan Avon hit three o'clock here on just an absolutely picturesque Saturday here in San Francisco. We've done a lot of shows in the weekend in the middle of the summer that were just gross, overcast, foggy. Not today. Well, no, if, but if you go to Ocean Beach, where, where you're apparently going to be tomorrow, <laughs> as sunny and lovely as it is here, I guarantee you Ocean Beach is covered in fog and you can't see out past 40 yards. San Francisco is not a beach town. <laughs> not beach. Comparatively speaking, when you think about Orange County, Los Angeles, and the way they do it, or even Monterey, to a certain degree, that's the thing: is that if you ask, if you ask me, unless you're in the tropics somewhere where the water's clear, we do beaching, but we do beaches better, man. Okay, you don't show up in a bikini, you you show up in a hoodie, you light a bonfire. You you drink, you party, and you don't get in the water. That's what beaches are for, Dan. It was just a stare. It was a day at the beach for the 49. Oh, how's that for a transition as we bring in our <laughs> man, Akash Anabarathan, the writer of the SB Niners Nation. Akash, thanks for joining us again. How are you, man? Fantastic. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. So let's talk about the win over the the Green Bay Packers in preseason game number one. Was there a player? Was there a players? Or was there a part of the game that stood out to you more than others? I think the group of rookies uh, were really stood out. Uh, on Friday, I mean, we could start with Greg Jackson, right? The rookie second round pick. I thought his athleticism was on display. There was a there was a play where he chased Jordan Love and and deflected the pass and kind of had to redirect uh, where he was running. And it was it, he like was running full speed one direction, stopped and then cut back towards Jordan Love. And you could kind of see the athleticism on display. And you you know obviously with Chris Caseras, you could you could start to see. Uh, what he can potentially develop and do. And then some of the other rookies, right? Danny Gray, obviously the touchdown pass. Um, just you could see the threat of having a having that speed on this offense. And then Sam Womack. I mean, a guy that I was high on after the 49ers drafted him in the fifth round. I thought at the time that he would slot in at nickel cornerback, just given, you know, his uh, physique. He was a very similar body type to Kwan Williams. Um, and I thought he balled out last night, had a couple of interceptions. I thought he played well against the run, which is, uh, you know, something that the 49ers, uh, expect out of their nickel corners is to fit those run gaps. And I thought he did that particularly well as well. So I think those three guys really stood out. Um, and Spencer Burford as well, who's really stepped up at the right guard spot. I know PFF charted him for, I think like five loud pressures, but, uh, I thought that was a good debut for him as well. Hey, speaking of Spencer Burford, he was a Fourth round pick, and he is you're going pace to be your starting guard. Um, yeah, you also have Banks there on the left side, and I guess Brunskill is going to be your center. What do you think? You how did the offensive line look to you last night? I thought they obviously without Trent Williams, uh, you know, manning down the left side, and Mike McGlinchey kind of rounding out in the form post injury. It, it's hard to you know project what this offensive line would look like because I think offensive line especially really depends on cohesion and chemistry and those five guys working in unison which we didn't get to see last night I thought the tackles really struggled especially the backup tackles Colton McKivitz, Justin Skule, uh especially on that right side so we didn't get a full taste but I thought interior wise I thought Aaron Banks played well I think on 11 or 12 pass blocking snaps he had uh, no pressures allowed uh, Jake Brendel I think you know uh, has the inside track to start at center. I know Dan Brunskill is now sidelined uh, for a couple of weeks with a hamstring injury. So 
Um, I think he's more in line to kind of be the sixth offensive lineman and fill in anywhere if need be. And then obviously you got Burford at right guard. And I think the more those five guys kind of start to play together, I think it'll it'll be a unit that improves. But you start to you you also saw last night what Trey Lance is able to do and you know make plays outside the pocket. Um, there was the one play where he stepped up when he felt pressure and, and he ran, I think, and, and he slid there on that play. So you also get, you know, the benefits of having an athletic quarterback that can also evade pressure when, you know, the pocket does uh, break down. Akash Anavarathan is our guest here this afternoon. And Akash, I know we got a couple of weeks until cutdown day, but for the sake of this conversation, let's just say it's tomorrow. Which of the running backs is the odd man out? That's tough because I really love the competition in the running back room. I think they've got a, a really good group. Um, right now, I'd, I'd imagine it's Jermichael Hasty. Uh, I could also see, you know, Jordan Mason uh, being on the outside. And I know Jermichael Hasty kind of had that special team blunder, right, where he was kind of iffy on if he should uh, field the kickoff and then kind of caught it and stepped out of bounds. And I'm sure he got an earful from special teams coordinator Brian Schneider, but. I, I would think he's probably the outside man out. Obviously, you've got Elijah Mitchell. I, I think he's battling an injury as well, so he's probably going to miss the rest of preseason. But and then you got Jeff Wilson Jr., who I think has an inside track to a spot on this roster. I think Trey Sermon obviously got a ton of carries yesterday. I think the 49ers just feel better about where he's at this offseason compared to last offseason. So I, I feel like those three guys are, are locks. And then you kind of got the the next group, and unfortunately, someone's going to be the odd man out. If I had to predict. I would imagine it's Jermichael Hasty. I think the 49ers really like what, you know, Jordan Davis bring or Jordan Mason, excuse me, uh, brings in the run game uh, as an undrafted free agent. And then you got, you know, Ty Davis Price, the rookie, uh, who, you know, they're high on his physicality and the type of, um, you know, running style that he brings to the team as well. Good. Speaking of, of Trey Sermon, could you get a little bit more in depth? Because he started the game in place of Elijah Mitchell, who was out with the hamstring. And of everyone out there, he kind of looked like the cruddiest guy. What would you attribute his performance to last night? And and is he a viable guy, really, should Elijah Mitchell be gone for an extended period of time? I think with Trey Sermon, we've, we've had this conversation before. I think his struggles come back to his decisiveness, right? In this scheme, uh, the Kyle Shanahan expects his running backs to be one cut and go, north and south, be decisive. Right, stick your foot in the ground and you know use that speed that you have to get up and down the field. And Trey Sermon, at least last season, was just a little bit tentative, a little bit indecisive. And you know, in the NFL, just for the speed of the game, if you just if you're like a half second slow, the hole closes up, and what could have been a seven eight yard gain is now a one two yard gain. I thought you know at least in training camp and now you know what we saw yesterday, I thought he was just a little bit more decisive just look more comfortable as a runner. Um, you know, you figure running back coming to the NFL out of calls is just a natural transition, but maybe it's just tr- taking Trey Sermon a little bit longer. I also think he brings a pass-catching ability uh, to this offense that some of the other backs don't. So I think that in combination of, you know, running a similar, uh, you know, r- you know, a similar type of uh, run scheme that he had at Ohio State with Justin Fields, with Trey Lance here in San Francisco is only going to make him more comfortable. So I think he's just he's just more in his comfort zone this season, and, and you saw some of that last night. Akash Anavarathan, our guest. Akash, it's early, and you need to see, obviously, a lot more from Danny Gray and company, and maybe I'm doing this on paper, but potentially. Is this the best wide receiving core in the NFL? Ooh, that's tough. There are some good wide receiving core uh, cores out there. I think... Tampa Bay really comes out, uh, sticks out to me, right? Mike Evans. Uh, I know Chris Godwin's coming off the ACL. I don't know how long he's going to be out, but I know they've got some guys. They obviously added Julio Jones, Russell, Russell Gage in the offseason. So I really like that group. Who else? Miami with Waddle, Cedric Wilson, of course, with Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, yeah. I think the 49ers are up there. I mean, they've got Debo Samuel, who... Again, I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of people as a traditional wide receiver have him ranked in different spots, but at the end of the day, he's just a dominant player on the field. I think Brandon Ayuk is really going to, you know, uh, step up his game, and I think he might be. He might. He might look back at the end of the season, and he might be leading the team in receiving yards, honestly. And so, I think they have one of the better, you know, wide receiving groups. But 
I can't ignore, obviously, like you mentioned, Miami, Tampa Bay. I think Cincinnati probably has the best, right? They've got Jamar Chase, um, T. Higgins, and um, so I think they've probably got the best uh, receiving group in the NFL. But the Niners are there. After the immensely huge sample size of five pass attempts last night, what do you make of the Niners' starting quarterback so far? And, and can he be good enough to allow this defense in this run game to take over and allow this team to get to the championship, NFC Championship Super Bowl level that people expect him to be at? Absolutely. I think hit Trey Lance's best play last night actually wasn't even a passing attempt. It was a play where, you know, there's pressure, you know, collapsing the pocket. He keeps his eyes down the field, steps up in the pocket, which is what you want out of your quarterback. And he continues to, you know, look down the field for a receiver. No one there. Boom, you tuck it and run. You get, whatever, six, seven yards on that play. And then you slide, which is something he struggled to do last season. We saw that in the Arizona game where he just seemed kind of indecisive as a runner. He wasn't sure to like if he should go out of bounds, if he should slide, if he should try to go head on against the defender. And, you know, now he's, he's obviously the franchise quarterback and protecting himself is, is a priority, and so it was good to see him slide. So I thought, honestly, that was his best play, but just as a thrower, as a passer, he just seemed more decisive. He knew where to go with the ball. As soon as he hit his back foot, back foot boom, the ball was out. Right? I thought the, the ball to Danny Gray obviously is going to get all the attention, but even the throw on the outside to Danny Gray, which was incomplete, I think, on third down, was also a really good throw. I mean, when he releases that ball, Danny Gray's not even out of his break, so he's throwing to a spot on the field, and I thought he placed the ball pretty well, and Maybe if it was a dis- different receiver, maybe it was Brandon Ayuk or Debo, maybe that's a catch. But I thought he put the ball in a good spot where only his receiver can go out and get it. And, you know, attacking the sidelines and outside the numbers isn't something we've seen out of this offense with Jimmy Garoppolo at, at center, under center the previous year. So, you know, it was it was a welcome sight. So, I, you know, I think there were some positive things to take away from last night from Trey Lance's performance. That being said, you know, it's just like Tashianahan said, right? He preached patience with Trey Lance. There's going to be ups and downs. I think there's going to be a lot more highs and a lot more lows than we've seen in previous years just because he's a young quarterback. He's going to learn through reps. Um, but I think that this roster, this defense, is extremely talented. So I think they can kind of just manage around him uh, to keep this team kind of going. So I have high expectations. They have an extremely talented roster. The depth that you can see is fantastic. This might be the deepest roster they've had since Kyle Shanahan, you know, took over the team in 2017. Honestly, I think roster cutdown is going to be difficult just because they have, you know, so many talented players on this team. So high expectations, and uh, <laughs> it's all on the 22-year-old shoulders. Akash Anavarathan is our guest. Akash, the Jimmy Garoppolo scenario continues, and if nothing else... I think last night proved holding on to him continues to be the smart move. Now, it doesn't appear as though he's going to the New York Jets because the injury is not all that severe to Zach Wilson out two to four weeks with a meniscus tear. But who knows who's next, potentially, when you get into preseason football. And and maybe I'm reaching here, but I digressed to a certain degree. But Tampa Bay, now I know that sounds odd for a landing spot for, for Jimmy Garoppolo, but... Am I the only one that that finds this a little weird that our uh, the, Tom Brady is taking extended time off this time of the year? Now, it, there's reports that it could be, you know, of the personal nature and something's going on with his family and his mom. But could we potentially be reading something more into this that that he's revisiting retirement thoughts again? I actually thought with the Tom Brady stuff that it was huge. I know the, I think the Bucks play the Dolphins this week and they've got joint practices. And obviously there was the stuff between Tom Brady and Dolphins owner, Stephen Ross and, you know, potential tampering allegations. And I thought Tom Brady just kind of wanted to avoid all that this week. And <laughs> he just took some PTO. It sounds like, which is odd. I feel like you never see, right. You know, players and especially him just kind of take 10 days off. And we know how Tom Brady's wired and, I feel like this is the time of year where he's really locked in and trying to get better with his team. So it's it's weird to see him just take some time off. But, uh, yeah, you never know what's, what's going on behind the scenes with his personal life. But I, I don't think – I don't know if he's re- revisiting retirement. I, I just I just feel like he's he's uh, doing the work-life balance. And I think the Bucks understand that, you know, it's a, it's a long season. And, uh, you know, for the Bucks, it's championship or bust with Brady. So I think they're just catering to his needs.
Yeah, Kai, so you are Jimmy Garoppolo, and the Niners release you tomorrow. What team do you want to go to for your future and your career? You know what I mean? And obviously, you're not going to go over and take over Josh Allen in Buffalo. But, you know, of the available options, which team are you picking to go to if you're Jimmy Garoppolo? If I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, the team I'm eyeing is Cleveland. And I know Deshaun Watson's suspension is kind of hanging in the air. You know, there's you know rumors that it could be a season or maybe they reach a settlement and it's 10 or 12 games, somewhere in that ballpark. But I think that's the most talented roster where Jimmy Garoppolo can just go in and be the starter, assuming, you know, Watson is suspended, and just run the offense. I think, obviously, with Kevin Stefanski there, they run a very similar scheme, right, the Kubiak-Shanahan offense. Um, They've got talented backs and Nick Chubb and um, Kareem Hunt. I know he's holding out or holding in, but hopefully that'll get worked out. And then I think they've got a talented group of receivers as well, right? Amari Cooper, they've got some young guys there that they really like, and a really good offensive line. And they've just got a talented team overall. So I think if Jimmy Garoppolo is looking at this and he's trying to rebuild his career and earn another contract, I think you're looking for the best situation possible where you can win games and you have you know a team that uh, is talented as well. And so I would be eyeing Cleveland. Um, I know a lot of the people are looking into Seattle. Seattle is talented, especially at wideout with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. But I don't know if I would trust the the second-year offensive coordinator here and the offensive line and, and just the overall team, and it's a tough division as well. So if I was Jimmy Garoppolo, I would try to get myself to Cleveland if possible. Akash, is there a chance we could see two rookies opening day for the 49ers on defense, one of which Samuel Womack at the nickel and Drake Jackson opposite Nick Bosa? I think it's certainly a possibility. I know Drake Jackson, he's dealing with the shoulder stinger, so not sure how much time he's going to miss. Hopefully it's not too long, but... I think there's a real real possibility to see those two guys on the field um, starting. I, I think there's a better chance of Sam Womack starting at nickel corner just because of the the competition at the position. It's really between him and Darquez Denard, um, who, you know, speaking to the 49ers culture, has actually been mentoring Sam Womack, um, which is kind of cool. And I know he filled in, Denard filled in last year, week 18, at the nickel spot and uh, played well. But I think it's... It's now turning into Womack's spot to lose, whereas for Drake Jackson, you just have a ton of competition at that position. I mean, Samson Mebukam was a starter there, opposite of Nick Bosa last season. He's back and looking really good as well. And I know they've, I know Chris Kacerik's got a bunch of pass-rushing specialists there that can also play alongside Bosa. So I think Womack probably has the, the inside track to start, and uh, I think Jackson, as the season goes, will make more of an impact. Hey, Kai, so you have running backs, offensive line, receivers, secondary, linebackers, defensive line. What is going to be the strongest unit collectively on this 49er squad in 2022? It's tough, but I think it's the same unit that's been their most dominant uh, over the past few years. It's, it's their defensive line. I mean, they roll out, honestly, 10 deep, 11 deep along that defensive line. And it, it starts, obviously, with Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead. Javon Kinlaw, who played, I think, 15 snaps, looked good yesterday. If he's able to stay healthy and, and play on the inside, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go a long ways. And then, obviously, uh, from a pass rushing standpoint, uh, opposite of Bosa, they've just got a ton of guys there. I mean, like just like I mentioned, they got Ebukam, Kamoko Ture. Um, they, I know they signed Robert uh, Kimdiche, the former first-rounder, who's just an athletic freak. And so I think he's going he's gonna to fill in nicely. They've just and you know Chris Kucerich, one of the best defensive line coaches in the league, and so I think it's that defensive line that's probably going to be the best unit. And I would say right behind them is probably the linebacker group. I mean, those guys, Fred Warner, uh, Drake Greenlaw, he's all Shire, and even Demetrius Flanagan, Foles, Oren Burks made a bunch of tackles last night. I think they're deep as well there, and you know Johnny Holland's back coaching this year, and I think those two position groups are probably going to be the strongest of the team. Akash. Strong stuff as always, man. Thanks so much. Let's catch up soon. Appreciate it, fellas. Have a good one. Akash Anavarathan covers the Niners for Niners, SB Niners Nation. You know, he's talking about how Darquez Denard is helping out the kid, Samuel Womack. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> you would. Dude, you're you fighting would. for your life. You, preseason football and right now, every man out for himself. But Darquez Denard has been, and he's been around. Man, I, I don't remember exactly when he was drafted, but he's he's got some paper in his pockets. You know, it's it's not like he's a third year guy. <laughs> you know, I think this is about his third team. 
and I believe his his cousin Alfonso Denard, like you know, he, 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 he. I feel that in the NFL, I feel like the NFL, and I feel that this is probably more of a big deal, more of a thing in the NBA. But I feel there's a fraternity of we are one of the few people that get to do this sort of thing that I would think most guys will help out the team and, and lift their teammates. Ooh, I, really I, would, I think the complete opposite. Yeah? Because of the nature of the sport, mm-hmm. right? We'll see, but that's the because thing on the field. There's no guaranteed contracts mm-hmm. in the sport, aside from Deshaun Watson, but there's typically no guaranteed contracts. And for more, more often than not, aside from the elite players, you're as good as your last game. The, the high level of competition is just about week to week in terms of you beating out a guy or you know there's a rookie in camp that wants your job. I think not that there's a level of camaraderie. I'm just saying that you're always looking over your shoulder in the NFL. What is it, the not-for-long league? That's what the NFL, NFL stands for? NFL stands for not-for-long. Yeah, yeah, I think there, it breeds that sense of trepidation. Like, I, nothing is secure, man. You see guys get cut all the time. You, you, you've got it. You've got to be on your your head's got to be on a swivel because somebody's coming for your job. I think you got to take care of yourself in that league. I really do. You you do, but you take care of yourself by making sure you're prepared, making sure because you get what I'm saying. So it, the Kyler Murrays of the world that don't study, yeah, they're not helping anybody. But the guys that study know the game. And look, Trent Sherfield, I think is the exact is is a perfect example. After Trey Lance threw that touchdown to him last season. Then I think it was either Debo or Brendan Ayuk said, yeah, man, textbook Trent, right? And there's some guys, that's why they're there is because they're students of the game and they 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 put the study in and not because they were ever a better receiver than Brendan Ayuk ever in their life. <laughs> you can't get over that, huh? I can't. I, I'll, you'll, you'll never convince me that, that, that Trent Sherfield on his best day was half the receivers Brendan Ayuk. But no, you get guys like that and those guys are there because they're those guys and because they are those guys – then, you know, they're not going to be like, oh, no, man. You know, it's it's not like here's the thing. It's not like they're letting them copy off of my your test. Right. It's just we're going to study together. And I definitely think that that's the thing that most dudes would do. But I think that this time of the year when there's only so many slots that are open, helping another guy get better to eventually take your spot and money out of your mouth is just something that. You know, something you might want to think twice about. Might, it, it, I'm not saying it's, it's very a great cutthroat in the NFL. <laughs> That's just the way it is, man. Yeah. I, again, like if it's a second or third year guy, and I'm going to agree with Comcast Visit Text Line 510, the majority of the vets help the young guys. If you're an eighth year guy and you're not helping the seventh year guy, man, and that's what I'm saying. So, like, second year guys, third year guys. I think Darquez Denard has been in, I think he's like a five, six-year dude. I could be wrong about this. And if that's the case, then he is, in fact, a saint. But, but you know, I feel like he's like a fifth or six-year dude. And so, yeah, he's 30. He's been in the league for like at least seven, eight years. And, yeah, he's, he was drafted in 2013. So he's been around. That's nine years in the NFL, man. Dudes like that help the young dudes. The young again, guys that are okay. Wait, no, no, challenge you for your job. Yeah, no, no. He, here's who's not going to help uh, Womack, Diamador Lenore. Okay, because yeah. like I'm a second year guy, you're a first year guy. We're trying to make it happen. Uh, I, but I think the Darquez Denards of the world, the the heck, the the Jason Verrett's while they're sitting there injured, man, they they help the youngsters out. Oh, you help youngsters out. I just think that you. I would draw the line if I don't care if he's a youngster and I don't care if he's my peer if he's here. To take my job. If there's one spot open between the two of us, yeah. tip my hat and say, good luck to you, man, but I ain't giving you any of the secrets. I'm but, not telling you where this is. But Dar- Darquez Denard, Jimmy Garoppolo did that with his replacement. Uh, I mean, Raheem Mostert, yeah, I imagine. bigger people than me. That's the problem. <laughs> Literally, physically. You know? All right. We continue here on 95.7 The Game. I want to get into a little Fernando Tatis. What was this man thinking? 80-game suspension of what was thought to be the poster child of the sport. We'll be back. Shamari Block and Dan Avone, 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Say, my man, Shamari Block and Dan Devone here at 330. 95.7 The Game. Just want to talk a little. We were talking about A.B., Antonio Brown, and the latest involving him, which, of course, is always good drama, right? And That's his specialty. Yeah, the latest Instagram, which I'm just going to bring up and basically uh, read this thing verbatim, what it is that he said. <laughs> so it's, I'm going to paraphrase, but essentially what he said until I find it. If you, Chris, if you get an opportunity, will you just find that for me? But essentially, what, oh, here it is. Essentially what Antonio Brown said... And I can read it to you. My biggest regret in my career doesn't involve calling my GM a cracker or showing up to Raiders camp in a hot air balloon with frozen feet or throwing rocks at that UPS driver. And it definitely doesn't involve taking my shirt off and doing a victory lap around the Jet Stadium mid-game while throwing up deuces. <laughs> my biggest regret is that I'll never get to see me Antonio Brown play a game live. <laughs> sure, I can watch the game afterwards, but I can't imagine what it was like for you all to see something like that, like watching the Beatles or Jesus perform at Red Rocks. <laughs> Antonio Brown, sincerely yours. I, I respect that. I, I do. Listen, is it? Is it? Listen, it, it's very Antonio Brown, okay? But I, I respect <laughs> yeah, that. That's, it's his brand. That, that, that's on brand for him, and, and, and I respect that, man. And you want to know what? If I was Antonio Brown, I'd be like, man, what would it be like to be in the stands watching me take one to the house? I, 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 I can't argue with I can't, I can't, I can't argue <laughs> with the one because he's nuts. But two, I mean, you know, he probably should regret that other stuff. But, the fa- but he also, that's a regret, too. That is a legitimate Regret from Antonio Brown. I forgot about that. He showed up and that was probably the last hard knocks I watched with the Oakland Raiders and Gruden and company and Mayock. And yeah, you knew that was going to be a circus. Yeah. It was Gruden's first year. Uh, they brought Antonio Brown to the team after everything wacky that happened in Pittsburgh. They're like, oh, sure, we're going to hire John Gruden and then we're going to bring Antonio Brown in, and nothing crazy is going to happen. Like just it the never idea. worked, man. He showed up late with those frozen feet in the hot air balloon, though. And again, just that he, whole. I miss that dude in a very weird way. Okay, somebody said it's a parody account. So, yo, I hope you don't think that quote was by AB and was for real. That was from a parody account. You know According what? to four one five, it was too well written to think that it was actually AB. <laughs> That said, I mean that that's still entertaining as hell, man. And if he had he written that himself, I wouldn't be surprised. But A B, man, he, well, he I'm, gonna, I'm gonna ask you a question. Though, what's okay? your favorite A B moment over the last five years? I'm gonna I, him, Tampa Bay Buccaneers quitting at halftime yeah. and storming out there, man, taking off his shirt and throwing up the dude. Listen, that was that was dry. Antonio Brown. My favorite is when you thought everything was done in Oakland. He was coming back and he said he's going to quit unless he gets a new helmet. Oh, he wanted, I he forgot wanted about his, it. He, no, wanted he wanted his wanted old, old helmet. helmet. Yeah, his old yeah. helmet back, yeah. And they had these new issues. Again, I'm going to say that... that Or him running outside get, on hard knocks. I'm free! I'm free! When they finally released him from his contract. Okay, but... but, but uh, hey, AB, where are you? Dan Devon, go ahead. I, mean, I, I got to ask you this, okay? 
would you ever want to like listen to yourself live on air? You just like think about this. If you could, if you could have an outer body experience and like jump into somebody else's body, would you just to hear what it's like to listen to Dan Devone live on the air while someone's driving up this up the block? Well, you can do that, right? You can record yourself and listen to. Yeah, it. but it's not the same as. Oh, you live. mean live? Yeah, like oh, well, I wonder yeah. what I wonder what I'm gonna say next, man. There, there's an element you know what you're gonna say next, but that that listener experience, getting that. I don't know, man. I think if I think if, if anybody was given the opportunity to do that, man, experience it live. I think we, I think everybody would. Should we open it up? What is your favorite A B moment over the last five years? Absolutely. Give me an Antonio Brown moment that maybe we're not aware of. Remember when he went Instagram live in the Steelers locker room? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait. So so I'm gonna say, I'm gonna share an A B moment. So A B, one of my favorite This Is Sports Center's commercials of all time. Was at Antonio Brown. This is before he was, you know. I shouldn't laugh he was because wacky. he's been a mess. Listen, that dude is rich. He's paid. He's in shape. He he's <laughs> Antonio Brown. While he has problems, he ain't got no problems. Okay, his oh, life is gonna be fine. That. I don't know. About no, he that. has problems like psychologically, obviously, but he's gonna be fine. Like Antonio Brown is not going to be sleeping. In a you sure about that? overpass you or a jail sure cell or anything that? like that anytime in the near future. But it's a, the best This Is Sports Center's commercial has Antonio Brown, and, and they have some good ones. Antonio Brown, he's at, he's at the reception's desk, right? And he's like, oh, man, I'm going to break the record. He's like, what do you mean? He said, oh, you know, I got another, I got just got two more receptions right now. And then, and then he said, wait, but this is the phone call. They're not receptions. So he said, is this the reception's desk or the phone call desk? And it was just funny. It was funny. I, in all seriousness, when you think about CTE, and what he he really got to a point where he became illogical. Some of the things that he was doing. You think about that hit. What was the guy's name? Vontae's perfect, right? Yeah, yeah. That hit in that that game with Cincinnati, and he got taken out. He it seems as though it was a, a serious sort of decline from that point forward. And not to sort of connect the dots. He's always been sort of this guy. But do you think that that might have been that? That shot to the head is got, and you don't know CT. It's post mortem, unfortunately. You don't know until someone dies, and you open it up. It's actually a protein. Whether someone's suffering from chronic traumatic encephalopathy, but you think that could have been the beginning of the end? No, no. You know the hit no. I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but I just, I don't. It's kind of like Aaron Rodgers, or I just feel like he's just a wacky dude, man. And, yeah. and I'll be honest. While while a lot of his antics are outside the realm of what a normal person would do and react, like he really he did have one accusation of something criminal, but outside of that, like he hasn't really you know done anything criminal or even well yeah no well one thing, but I'm just saying like most of the antics are just like oh that's like, I don't know I feel like I feel like. We, if you don't got a friend that's AB and AB friend, you got like an AB family member, man. Like everybody has that wacky person in their life for one reason, for better or for worse. They're just like, oh man, what are they doing? It's dramatic. But you know, I don't really think that he is, you know, oh no. Like, listen, like uh, a certain Browns quarterback friends, okay? That just ultimate, ultimate. Oh, you don't think stuff. he has that sort of malicious intent? He's just sort yeah, of, he's just, he's just off. Like, like Aaron Rod and, and and look, Aaron Rodgers in particular. I don't see, think Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers is to off. me is eccentric, not off. Well, see, that's what I'm saying. And I think AB is mostly just eccentric. He's just really. A, I think he's just a, listen <laughs> I don't again. Think he's off. I think he's the definition of off. I mean, you know, like I said, man, like a certain Browns quarterback. That I mean, listen, when you get a class action. Uh, sexual misconduct suit filed against you. Okay, yeah. that that's like what? What the hell were you doing? AB, I'm like, I think that I think that a lot of people might react and or act like AB, but they don't have that that like they have the frontal lobe governing to tell them not to do it. I think people think that think the kind of stuff that he does like, "Oh, I'm going to catch a hot air balloon to practice." Like I think a lot of NFL players thought that AB was just like, "You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm booking it. Hello, hot air balloons are us. I need one to Napa." I don't see the things about Aaron Rodgers does not that should not influence anybody. I heard Colin Coward who I never watch 
and I saw him I was on a flight. By the I way, was, good call. I never watching Colin Coward. But well, I was on a flight, and yeah. I'm watching him right, and I'm plugged into my laptop. I'm checking out Colin Coward, and he go. He's going off. He's never liked Aaron Rodgers. He's, you know, Skip Bayless back in the day always had a thing with LeBron James. That's sort of the relationship with Colin Coward and Aaron Rodgers. Not a fan of his, and goes after him, and goes after him in sort of this personal vein that. His rationale is that he's not married, so he doesn't have any balance. He doesn't have any kids. He doesn't have anybody to say that, don't do that. He doesn't have the structure in his life. He's not a real man like other players like Tom Brady and company, the Drew Breeses, who are married with family. Russell Wilson, yeah. Who know exactly when to, they have levels of structure in their life. There's someone to check them, essentially. The wife can say, no, that's a bad idea, or no, you should stay with this team. He doesn't have this guidance, and you see this with a lot of single men. It's true for other professional sports as well, and this is true. Oh, he made the comparison and the analogy to that of KD. Well, I was, Another I was man. thinking Kevin Durant when he said that. Yeah. That's such horse crap, Colin Coward, and if you were here, I would tell that to you, man. This is coming from, and I'm listening to him say this, and it's coming from a guy who's sitting there like a bean counter with his perfectly little, you know, his little iron shirt, button-down shirt, and his hair parted to the side, and his house and his wife out there in Manhattan Beach, and the dude is a private trumper. You know, he's one of these dudes who's just like he's a making-money guy kind of guy and passing judgment on other people because this is the way you should live. You should have a wife, and you should have 3.2 kids, and you should have two-car garage, and if you don't, oh, goodness gracious. Let me wave a finger at you. Hell, dude, who cares what it is that he does? And maybe you, Colin Coward, maybe you ought to go try. What was that stuff that he was doing? The ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. That's what you need, Colin. Colin, grow up. <laughs> go get some ayahuasca, man. Live on the other side and stop culture. living this nerdy get, life, get some culture bro. And get you some, some, some insight, right? And learn to love. Yeah, there you go. Because <laughs> that's what Aaron Rodgers is talking about. Guys like Aaron Rodgers, guys like Antonio Brown, T.O., you named Randy Moss, you, you name the guy. They make it interesting. They really, really do. Is as great as the game that football is on the field, the off the field characters, and I'll be honest, baseball, baseball doesn't have enough of those. They don't. Like, and again, I'm not saying they Manny should have Ramirez criminals. Might have been the last one, right? Yeah, yeah. and, and uh, you, you talk about Derek Jeter, and you, you talk about Alex Rodriguez, and his like, you know, he's he's oh, I'm, I'm getting with J Lo and all. You know what I'm saying? Like, they had those kind of guys, but they don't they don't have those kind of guys now. And look, Aaron Rodgers showed up to day one or day two of training camp dressed like Cameron Poe. <laughs> that was beautiful. From, from uh, Con Air. And again, that's... If you're rocking Nicolas Cage, man, come on. You've got to appreciate. you Exactly, exactly. And while I wouldn't recommend, you know, everybody jump on a plane to Peru and, and you know, go on a spirit walk with ayahuasca, I, I I know people that's about that life, man. Dude, and, I've been to Peru. And, and, I, and I know, like, sharp people. Like, you know, like... It, I know people that have achieved high levels of stuff in life, okay, that are just like, hey, man, you know, we just, you know, we, we it, it, what was the line from Hansel from Zoolander? It's like, man, me and my friends, we were in mountains tripping with spider monkeys, tripping balls or something, right? <laughs> like, listen, that, 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 that's a lot. And, and, and Aaron Rodgers, I feel, he, he's from Chico, right? He's from up north, okay? And he's from a part of of Cali, man, where you, the mountain people that they do the psychedelics up there. That's where the hippies flee after the summer of love. Okay, they all go up that way, and they live in the mountains, and they pick mushrooms and and grow pot. Okay, that, that's where he grew up. And I feel that that's humble. That that is humble. But but Chico, listen, man, I, I went to I went to one party. Chico. Oh, they party in Chico. I was gonna say, yeah. Listen, they were doing everything. Um, <laughs> everything was being done at that party. It was Halloween. It was '99. I want to say. Anyway, I'm not. I, I, I can't tell. Not safe for work. But <laughs> listen, Chico, they get down a little differently there. And but you know I what? Feel, I, no, I feel the, the the pushback with Aaron Rodgers is that he's he's playing in the state of Wisconsin and he's playing a sport. That is followed by the, you know, the, the, 
the Rust Belt. The, you know what I'm saying? Like like a big majority of the people are that. So they look at him like, oh, if Aaron Rodgers was a quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, like he'd get no pushback. Everybody would be like, man, our quarterback's so dope. He was tripping on ayahuasca in the mountains. Yeah, San Francisco, do yeah, you. Exactly, look at Tim yeah. Lincecum. But you know what? your pants. I've been to Peru, Cusco, and let me tell you, it doesn't take much to get to get a little out of body out there because of the altitude, the places that I was. I was on my way to Machu Picchu. Mm-hmm. And... I can appreciate that, man. Sometimes you got to get outside of your own skin, and you sometimes you got to look down at yourself and have one of those out of body moments. But here's the thing: bottom line, who cares? And the text line saying he's kind of fake, and yeah, I've heard that as well. Maybe he is. But if you show up to practice on time, if you continue to lead your team, if you become the MVP back to back years, you got to do better in postseason. Who the hell, Colin Coward? Who the hell cares, man? Who are you to pass judgment on what somebody does when they're not punched into the clock? I mean, but even if he was, you know, Manhattan Beach, even if he was Kyler Murray in it, okay, (laughs) and he wasn't studying, man, still, it's like, hey, instead of studying, I'm doing ayahuasca. If Kyler Murray came out and said that, I was like, okay, well, good for you, man. You got the money. You've hit the, you've done something in life so that you can do whatever the hell you want to do and do it as long as you're not hurting anybody. And that's kind of how we think. That's how we move out here in the Bay, man, because. We have so much diversity in terms of ideas and cultures and things like that. And I feel that again, like he just he rubs the Colin Cowherd crowd the wrong way because there's well, this is how you live life. Just like you said, man. And like I said, if he was a quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, man, we'd be like, hey, right, right. Oh, he would be. Can you imagine, man? (laughs) He'd be a cult hero. He'd be the darling. He'd be the darling of the whole bay. Speaking of and I think you were talking about baseball players and well. You know, guys that are doing drugs. <laughs> Fernando Tatis, my man. It was for my ringworms. I don't, yeah, I don't know what's nastier or what's worse. The fact you got ringworm or you got busted for PEDs. Like, I, I'm not sure. Ringworm's pretty nasty, bro. What's up with that? Uh, I don't, yeah, yeah, you know what? Like, the, I would have kept that under wraps. Make something else up because right. we know it's a lie. I would I would come up with a better lie. Yeah. Ringworm? Bro, what, what are you, a dog? Cl- cl- uh, Clobostol, whatever the hell it is. So I looked that up yesterday. Yeah, because they're, they're it's corticosteroids. Real. It's no, no, real not, deal. it's not that it's real. It, yeah, but it it is a it is a performance enhancer. Because some of these things are like, for instance, sometimes sometimes guys get get popped, and it's it's something that they think is a masking agent. So it's like, well, this isn't a steroid, but you could use this to cover up the fact that you took steroids. Okay, but he got popped for literal. This will make your muscles grow faster. Steroid. So, does this now taint when you think about last year he was the home run leader? Mm-hmm. Do we put an asterisk next to that? Everything he's done up to this point. See, this is what you create. This is the cloud that you create. This is the asterisk that you have people put next to your name. Is the fact that when you look back at his earlier accomplishments, like, dude, what were you doing, man? Was that all legit? I'll be honest. Th- this taints, to a degree, this taints, this taints, uh... This this takes Aaron Judge in a way, right? Because people are still You're doing right. steroids, right. right? In this era, like the steroids era didn't end with with Bonds and Sosa, and like it's still people continually. It's never stopped, and I don't know that the same percentage of people are doing steroids, but but your mind goes there exactly. You're just like, damn, okay, well, who's doing steroids? And, right. and, and and I don't know. And Aaron Judge has done nothing to 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 make you think <laughs> that. But Tatis doing this, it absolutely makes your mind go there. Yeah, who, but Aaron, who, Aaron Judge who else is juicing. Aaron Judge looks like you know he looks like he could play with Giambi and <laughs> Bonds back in the day. Man, so. say, yeah, but Aaron Judge also looks like he could play defensive tackle for the 49ers tomorrow. Yeah, which he, I think, do you think they're still because they would always just stay one step ahead of the the policing of anabolic steroids back in the day. You think that's still the case that they you know well. They finally realized how to crack down on it. What is it they're doing? They had already moved on to like synthetic drugs. Or they had moved, not synthetic drugs, but they had moved on to something else, right? They were always one step ahead of the policing of, of the drugs or the anabolic steroids. Do you think that they're doing something now that the Major League Baseball, for the most part, isn't, isn't able to track? I really do. I, could, really? Because the technology will always exactly. exist. Okay, the criminals will always be one step ahead of the cops. Okay, we've been fighting a war on drugs for like 50 (laughs) years 
And 50 years into the war on drugs, there are more drugs than ever. <laughs> like literally when the war on drugs started, there were less drugs in this country, right? So so long as so long as there is a a desire to achieve great things, and as long as there's something that can help you achieve those things, then people are going to do it. And and I don't know what the percentage is, but I'll tell you this much, and this is just my opinion. I, I'm not basing this on anything except for my gut and my understanding of how the world works is that the amount of time, the time period that probably had the lowest amount of steroid use was probably like the first three or four years after after everybody got caught. <laughs> and then ever since then, I guarantee you that percentage of people taken has been climbing. You know, I, I would guarantee it that that's the way that's the way the world. You know, works. there's some dude Breaking Bad who got into a lab and says, "I'll get a new batch." Absolutely, the new Balco man is the, the cream of the clear. So Tatis in 2021, last year signed a 14-year, 340 million dollar guaranteed contract extension. So, you know, sometimes you got to bottom line it. Like, also, let me just say this, okay? Uh, um. Worth every penny, man. You, you have you seen this dude hit a baseball? Yeah, no. But I'm just saying, if that's the sort of Roids money that no roids in, float, floated around, would you cheat to to secure 14 years at 340 million dollars? Yes, 23 year old. <laughs> I'm glad you I, didn't. You didn't have to dwell on that too long. Li- listen, <laughs> listen. My, my thing would have been, hey, yes. I, I would have popped him aside the head. I'd be like, what are you doing? Not, you know, getting caught. <laughs> yeah, that's that reminds me of that. Who's the guy that we had on that was the guy next to him had thrown something at Charles Barkley? Oh, yeah. And oh. the guy, remember the guy? He yeah, said, like, his. and the guy was next to me, <laughs> and I told him to. Uh, he said, hey, I, no, he said, he said, hey, move over so I could throw yeah. this thing at Charles Barkley. And he said, and I was like, oh, hell yeah. And, and remember, we were expecting to. <laughs> I thought he was be like, hey, you shouldn't do this, man. He was like, I was like, hell yeah, hit Barley with that. <laughs> we never got that cut, man. Oh, God, that was great. Yeah, that's funny stuff. Well, Listen, Fernando Tatis is supposed to be the poster child of the sport, right? He's supposed to be the new personality. This is he was brash. Everyone was getting mad at him because he was stunting after he hit home runs. Could someone give you those steroids to the Giants? Sadly, I think they're probably. I mean, if 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 who's a giant? Are, if you had to pick a giant that's on roids right now, who would you say is a candidate? God, I'll be honest with you. The Jock, idea Jock seems a little nuts and. Mm, yeah, Put together. yeah. He, and he also kind of had a sudden surge and then a decline, <laughs> then another su- You get what I'm saying? Like he had a surge early, then he declined, then he surged again. <laughs> Joey Bart. You like that we're that we're labeling these guys as <laughs> this is gonna get reported tomorrow somewhere. It's like according to a source at 95-7 the game, Joey Bart is taking You know what though? The, here's the thing about that. Yeah. If any of the Giants are taking steroids, that's embarrassing. That's sad. <laughs> that's the worst. That's sad. Because there were guys that were popped in the '90s that did roids. Like it wasn't just relegated to the A Rods of the world and the Roger Clemens. There was like, um, um, uh, what percentage? I'd say more than fifty percent. Sixty. Yeah. Oh, 60, yeah. Oh, if you believe oh, yeah. Jose Canseco, but a lot of those guys. <laughs> I remember there's a guy named Ryan Franklin. A lot of guys were very they, good. They, that they were doing roids. Right. You were taking steroids and you. Dunk, and I remember, and your testicles are shrinking. Aaron Boone, is that it? Aaron Boone, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he had this monster year. He was an all-star. He was hitting forty bombs this one year. Clearly, just his hat wasn't fitting. It was so obvious he was doing steroids, and it was just so, so utterly, utterly obvious he couldn't fit into his shirts anymore. <laughs> and I remember talking to him. I had him on my show once, and I said. Uh, you know, there's reports, and I, I'm sorry, I got to ask you, but are you doing steroids? And he said, oh, no, of, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> and we got to the break, and he's like, what do you think? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Come on, man, you got to say that for the audience. Listen, man, you know what? At the end of the day, at the end of the listen, and I get, I get why you just say no, okay? I, I get that. And I personally could not ever see myself doing steroids, but if someone wants to, like, destroy their body... Uh, to make a sport more entertaining for my entertainment and probably for millions of dollars, I say we let them. 
Well, you know, I, I really do. I really do. It gets back to my point that I think every, not everybody, but the large major, majority, pitchers included, mm-hmm. as Roger Clemens and hitters were doing steroids. And the text line's talking about, well, Bonds was never found guilty. But if Bonds was doing steroids, the thing is, so was everybody else, but he was still hitting the crap out of the ball. Like, he never missed. Juiced While everybody pitchers, was doing yeah. juiced, he was still the best of the juice generation, if that makes any sense. No, it, it, it does, and that's why that's why every year he's not in the Hall of Fame. Oh, Brett, I'm sorry, I said Aaron Boone. It was Brett Boone. Like I get ticked off, man. Every, like literally every year, it's like Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame one is coming up, but I'm just like, I'm gonna pay attention because I hope the right thing happens, and the right thing never happens. Yet, yet, big, big poppy goes in and not not only was he connected to juicing he he was he was a designated freaking hitter <laughs> which means he didn't even play defense he's sitting on that stationary bike in between exactly his yeah his brother brett not i don't know what aaron boone did i don't think aaron boone did anything except marry a centerfold i remember wait, wait, that. wait. comcast business text line, text, comcast business text line has the right idea can we start a league type baseball that allows roids and encourages juicing Yes, I would watch that, man. It'd be like 800-foot home runs every day. So, uh, do we want to take a quick call before we get to the break? Absolutely. All right, I don't know if we got time. Because well, on the other oh, side... We got to get to a break. Oh, on the other side, we have we have a host. We, we, we oh, have a, we do. We, we, have, we got our guy, man. We have Rohan Chakravarth. I had to do it phonetically. I was gonna, yeah. I was just. Will I was you please say, take a hack at that last uh, name. So I don't feel I'm bad. Not. I was gonna say you should have stuck with Rohan, but but I know I've, I've read. So the I'm guy just gonna say legit. Rohan's next. Yeah. All right, Rohan from the 49ers red zone. We'll figure out the correct pronunciation of his last name. We continue here on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 